The Palomar Cancer Institute is going to be all about family. I get to understand their story, what they've been through in life, and how to get them back to that story. Help them defeat the fear of cancer, get through that journey, and you get to see the real person emerge underneath the illness. We're going to put a lot of time and energy into making sure that you get the experience that, that we would want if we were patients. At Palomar Health, we are the leaders in quality and expertise in the region. Week two in the books, another episode of Left Coast Sports. My name is John Schaefer, joined by Jonathan Rifkin. We're talking San Diego High School football coming off our first game of the year. Game time on your view, a big win for Ramona this past Thursday night over Vista. Today's episode brought to you by Palomar Health. Champions aren't made overnight. They're created through practice, determination, and dedication. Palomar Health, champions of healthcare, champions for you. We're going to take a look back at Ramona's big win. We'll look back at week two in San Diego. We'll look ahead to week three, and we'll get you ready for our next game on game time as well, which is coming up September 7th. So let's start, Jonathan, with uh, Ramona's big win, 42-12. They led 42-0 at one point. We were both really impressed with the Enriquez brothers, Atticus Enriquez, the sophomore quarterback, making his starting debut and performing very well in a big win for Ramona at home. Yeah, it's not often that you get to see a starter on day one of the season or game one of the season perform the way that Atticus Enriquez did. I mean, look, there were some underclassmen mistakes, right? That's to be expected from a young quarterback. Sometimes his pocket presence wasn't um, as imposing as you would like to see. Sometimes he would scramble out of a situation where maybe he could have taken an extra second. But overall, he imposed his will on the Vista defense. Uh, he had good continuity with his receivers and to... Complete 8 of 11 passes for 115 yards, high efficiency, uh, great arm accuracy over time. I think we're going to see this guy emerge as one of the top quarterbacks in the section. Adrian Enriquez, his brother, was really good. Three touchdowns, ran for over 100 yards and just seven carries. Uh, we also saw Jamil Kassab perform in that game on special teams and as receiver. You know, Ramona was impressive. I thought Adrian Enriquez was, um, was really the workhorse for the Bulldogs in the win. Yeah, three touchdowns. You mentioned seven carries, 102 yards. He had that one really long touchdown run called back, remember, on that left sideline because yep. he ended up stepping out, I mean, by barely a heel. So he mm -hmm. could have had four touchdowns and somewhere in the area of 150 yards if that didn't happen. But, yeah, incredibly per, uh, inc incredibly impressive performance from Adrian. It's interesting. We talked to Coach Baldwin before the game. He said these were COVID freshmen. So, you know, they're hungry as seniors. Not only were they COVID freshmen, but they lost a D3 championship two years ago, lost a D2 championship last year. So all of that, right, iron sharpens iron. All of that has built up to this Division One season for Ramona. And I think they're hungry. They're excited. And game number one was very impressive. You know, it's interesting because Vista clearly didn't play well. But I do give them credit for the way they finished the game. There was a running clock in the second half. They scored the last two touchdowns. They, in fact, scored on the final play of the game, a touchdown throw. <laughs> they were winless a year ago. We had talked about that on a previous episode, but what do you make of the position that Vista is in and the performance you saw from them, specifically in the second half? Yeah, I think from what we saw in the Valley League over the course of the last two weeks, you know, Sam Passwall getting crushed. Escondido actually looked pretty good last, uh, the other night, but they were playing uh, a, a, a team that isn't as good as they are in Orange Glen. So I think that in league, Vista actually does have a chance. It's difficult, man. You start with Fallbrook, who's an up-and-comer in the Palomar League in a D2 school. 
You then you go to Ramona, who's at Division One school, also in the Palomar League. So you're definitely punching up in your weight class if you're Vista, especially given that you have a small roster with players who play both sides of the football. But you have to challenge yourself, right? Vista is a is a school who has won eight San Diego Section Championships. They're one historically of the most um, productive and winning schools in the in the area so it's all about rebuilding culture for vista and, and you're right they didn't end up backing down in football unfortunately it is a game of start to finish but we can go with the phrase it's not how you start it's how you finish and that's what you'll remember so hopefully for this vista team those last two drives where they scored touchdowns and and showed some continuity and chemistry will be able to carry over for the rest of the season Shout out to the crowd, by the way, at Ramona as well. Really good student section. Great to be out there for our first game. It was their first game, as you said, the second game for Vista as well. So we look back at week two in general, Jonathan. Let's run through some of these games, beginning with a victory for La Jolla over Scripps Ranch this past weekend. Yeah, this is a rivalry. People don't realize uh, half the Scripps Ranch coaching staff was at La Jolla or vice versa. Coach Roche at La Jolla is a veteran um, he has a ton of contacts. It's sort of a coaching tree, right? Everybody looks at the Sean McVay coaching tree or the Andy Reid coaching tree. Well, there's a, a coach Tyler Roach coaching tree as well for La Jolla. Uh, and Scripps is one of those schools that has a ton of ties to La Jolla over the last three years. Every single game has been de- uh, decided by one possession, by one touchdown or less. It is always competitive between these two teams. And Friday night was no different. La Jolla stopped Scripps Ranch on a two-point conversion to seal the win, 17-15. to 15. La Jolla always has great quarterbacks. Scripps Ranch has a great defense. Uh, both these teams, I think, are going to be very, very good as the, the San Diego section season continues. All right, Vikings now 2-0 and on the year. Now, Lincoln, we're going to see coming up another huge win over Alamany, 58-6. Yeah, two weekends of absolute dominance over Southern section schools. Not something you typically see from the San Diego section because the Southern section, I mean, when you have a section that has, you know, the largest amount of um, of representation in the nation, I mean, there's like 700 schools in the Southern section, hmm. um, and which means that you're going to have quality all over the place, not just St. John Bosco and Modern Day and, and Corona Centennial and St. Bonaventure, who Lincoln actually goes to next week. Um, but you have schools like Alamany, coached by K- Casey Clausen, who was... Uh, an amazing quarterback at Tennessee who was with the Kansas City Chiefs for a year, played over in Europe, and then he's been coaching in in L.A. for probably the better part of 20 years, one of the more successful coaches. So it's not easy to be a team like this, a team with three five-stars and a couple of three-stars, but it just shows the dominance of Lincoln. Last week, it was Inglewood who lost 58-0. to I was told that uh, Lincoln could have beat them by more, but they put in, you know, a couple of freshmen and tried to take their foot off the gas pedal just a little bit, and then they put their foot back down on the gas pedal against Alamany. Achilles Smith Jr., who's committed to my Oregon Ducks, his father, of course, an Oregon legend, uh, 9 for 14, 196 yards, four touchdowns. So nine completions, four of which were into the end zone to four different receivers. This Lincoln team, they are dynamic in this offense. Probably one of the best in the country. Well, very impressive. So was Carlsbad, by the way. Julian Sane, one of the premier players in the nation. A huge game for Carlsbad, a nationally televised game over modern day of Chula Vista, a 48-14 win, um, really led by their quarterback. Yeah, I mean, Sandy's the number two quarterback in the nation for a reason. That's what I'm saying, right? He's committed to Alabama. He's been on the map. Obviously, modern-day Catholic has had a ton of um, success in the San Diego section, which is why I think that this game was awarded on national TV spot on ESPN2. But Carlsbad just continues to show that their offense as a public school in northern San Diego 
I mean, you don't have to be this private preppy school like the Cathedral Catholics of the day or a modern-day Catholic, for example, to, to have a dynamic offense, right? Lincoln is the number one offense in the section. Carlsbad probably right there. I mean, he has three receivers, all of which probably could get D1 looks. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting year for modern-day Catholic. I'm interested to see what we see out of them in two weeks when they play Lincoln at home, which is never an easy task to go on the road to the South Bay and take on modern day, but not a good start for modern day, man. Oh, and two. Yeah, that's going to be our next game. You mentioned September 7th, 7 p.m. Game time on your view, Lincoln at modern day. That is a Thursday, September 7th. We'll be on the call for you there. Now you were on the call this weekend as well. We did the game Thursday for Ramona. You did Del Norte this past weekend as well. A loss to La Costa Canyon. What'd you say? Yeah, two safeties in the first quarter of this mm. game. One for LaCosta, one for Del Norte. LaCosta's front seven is is fearless. I mean, they will get in between the hashes, in between the tackles. They get at you. Uh, Jack Schneider had no time. One of the more dynamic. Jack Schneider was the San Diego Union Tribune Offensive Player of the Week last week for what he did against Torrey Pines. He had one completion in the first half against LaCosta Canyon's defense. Coach Sovacool's in his 14th season at LaCosta Canyon. It was a grudge match for the Mavericks because Nick Barnett, the linebacker coach from La Costa Canyons, now the new head coach at Del Norte. Um, and that was a huge storyline. And then in the second half, I mean, La Costa Canyon ran away with the game. They had a pick six. The running back, Andrew Mays, had two touchdowns, one of 60 yards, one of 20 yards. So they got things going. La Costa Canyon is easily a top 10 school in the, in the, in the county. Um, the, the question really is, are the corners, the safeties, probably the weakness. So if you can get your off, your quarterback some time, you could probably throw the ball against them. Uh, they play San Clemente this upcoming week. That will be our, our game to watch, one of our games to watch. Uh, so that'll be a good test for them as well. But yeah, good win for La Costa Cannon. Del Norte is going to be fine. I think it's just they need to get tougher on the offensive line, get, get Jack Schneider more time, uh, and they have enough receivers and running back depth to score some points. A couple of more to run through from week two, including Mount Miguel. What a performance over Chula Vista. A shutout win, 49 to nothing. What happened in that one? Well, we know what happened. Yeah. Mount Miguel in a big way. <laughs> Mount Miguel is not a football powerhouse. I mean, this is a school that uh, they have an amazing women's basketball program, girls basketball team, um, but they haven't really been dominant on the football field for quite some time. They made some new hires this year, Verlaine Botafe and TJ McKay, both um, from the team Akazi seven on seven coaching staff, formerly at Lincoln. Uh, and they completely already have turned this program around in two weeks, in two weeks, John, in the San Diego section, Chula Vista. This is probably Howard Bannister's best team. Dare I say it since San Diego section commissioner, Joe Hines was on that line. I don't know. What I do know is that Chula Vista is a good football team. And this Mount Miguel team made them look like a scrub squad. So, uh, you know, all the, all the all the power and and a ton of gratitude and and just amazement for uh, what Coach Verlaine and TJ McCann and the rest of them out Miguel uh, coaching staff have done. Yeah, really a, a, an interesting score there. And then there's Matt Carmel over Patrick Henry this past weekend, thirty-five to seven. Yeah, another Palomar League team. We keep talking about Palomar League teams. This might be uh, the best top to bottom uh, Palomar League that we have ever seen. The for about 40 years. Um, I know that sounds like a long time, but comparatively to some like the avocado and some of these, the city league, uh, it, it's somewhat newer, right? We'll put that in front in quotes. Um, but yeah, Mount Carmel, this is a team that it, before the season, I probably thought was going to be at the bottom of the Palomar league, but the way they've been playing, I mean, coach Tomapeu, who's the offensive coordinator has had two sons now lead this offense. He had Jordan Tomapeu, who graduated two years ago. He was a two uh, two to three-star quarterback. And then Trevor Tomapeu. This guy, I mean, he is way better than 
uh, advertised, I would say. I was not expecting to see what we've seen out of him these first two weeks. He had four touchdown passes against a pretty good Patrick Henry defense last week. So uh, Mount Carmel, uh, a sneaky, sneaky, good team that should be on the radar uh, of a lot of teams around the section. All right, so that's a good look back at week two. Again, our next game is going to be week four, September 7th. But you've got a couple of games to watch here in week three coming up this weekend, including a 2-0 Madison team taking on Oak Ridge. Yeah, Oak Ridge, uh, top 25 team in California, maybe top 20, depending on where you look. They have the number three tight end in the nation. He has 15 offers. His name is Caleb Edwards. Ironically enough, in the first two games for Oak Ridge, a team up from Sacramento, just to, just uh, east of Sacramento in the L. Um, Caleb Edwards hasn't really done too much because the team is just that dynamic around him. Running back Jason Womack is probably their most productive skill position player. Uh, he had four touchdowns last weekend. He had two touchdowns the weekend before. He's averaging over 22 yards per touch. So uh, a very dynamic offense in Oak Ridge. Madison probably is the best defense in the state, if not one of the better defenses. I don't want to say the best. Um, Modern Day probably boasts that title, but uh, probably a top five or six defense in the state for Madison. Um so it's going to be a very dynamic offense with one of the best tight ends in the nation versus one of the better defenses, not only in San Diego, but in, in the entire state of California. So uh, definitely something to keep an eye on on a Friday night. And the other game to watch on is the Costa Canyon up at San Clemente. This will be now be the third straight team from San Diego that goes up to San Clemente and plays one of the better teams in the southern section. Um, and San Diego's 0-2 so far. Torrey Pines lost 49-0 on Friday night to San Clemente. So if Lacosta Canyon, who beat University City their first weekend and beat Del Norte their second weekend, keep that temp tempo going, they might do a pretty good job of representing San Diego's section uh, in the third iteration of San Clemente versus a team from the South. All right, so before we, again, we can look at briefly to September 7th, although we'll have another episode for you next week, getting you ready for week four. We're just a couple of weeks in. What have you learned so far around the county watching high school football here in San Diego. What do you what do you think you know and what is still kind of unknown through two weeks? Um, what I what, the things that we know, right? The givens. Um, Lincoln, Carlsbad, easily one and two in the in the section. I don't think it's very close. Um, I'm again, I know Chula Vista lost 49 nothing. I'm very impressed with the team that the Howard Bannisters put together. I'm excited to see what they can do the rest of the season, especially when they get into league play. That Sweetwater Chula Vista game is going to be really, really fun. That's always one of the better rivalries uh, in the San Diego section. Modern day, uh, not modern day Catholic, excuse me. They are underwhelming this year. Cathedral Catholic. This is a team that was not in the top 10 of anybody's top 10, right? You can go to the opinion people on X.com. You go to the UT and, and John, the great work that he does. Um, you go to Dago football. You can go to some of the other pundits who talk about prep sports in San Diego. Nobody really had Cathedral Catholic as a top 10 team. All of a sudden, you know, they, they slaughter modern-day Catholic, uh, and they have a, a really tough loss to, to Chaminade, which is up in uh, the Valley of Los Angeles. Chaminade, probably a top 10 team in the state of California. They always are boasting really good quarterbacks, great defense, um, and they lost 40-30. to 30. They were down 40-18 to like 18 or 17, I should say, at halftime, so they made, they made a good comeback. I'm surprised at how good Cathedral Catholic has been these first two weekends. Um, and I'm excited to see where they go with it because uh, this team might be back. Uh, something that I'm confused about is Torrey Pines. Their head coach is on medical leave. We we certainly wish him the best. Scott Ashby's taking over. Scott Ashby was the was the head coach for six years in the mid-2000s, um, and they were a winning program then. I don't know if the wing T is necessarily a, a formula for success, John. It's very tough to run 
in high school football, especially when defenses sort of recognize that it's coming. Coaching has gotten a lot better in San Diego. And these linebackers and these front sevens are a lot tougher and a lot stronger. So uh, it's really, really hard to find the gaps in that wing T offense. And, and Torrey Pines, a team who was it probably a top 15 team in the section coming into the to the year. Um I mean, they might go over in the Avocado League, which is the toughest league from top to bottom in San Diego. So I'm a little bit confused and a little bit concerned for them. And modern-day Catholic, a team we'll see on Thursday, uh, in a week from Thursday, I should say. You mentioned September 7th. Uh, they're a team that lost a ton of pieces from last year's championship-winning team. They still have a really good core, incredibly coached, um, playing at home against Lincoln. It's not an easy place to play as a road team. So I am intrigued to see if they can turn things around on our game, on your view, on September 7th. But uh, a team, again, that I'm, I'm a little confused by the identity of. and the, But the culture is there. You know the foundation is there. Can they get it together and make a run uh, as the season continues? All right, we are looking forward to, again, week four. Lincoln at Modern Day, Thursday, September 7th at 7 p.m. Our game time on your view, game of the week. You can see it, of course, on your view, channel four. Again, a reminder, this episode Made possible by Palomar Health. Champions aren't made overnight. They're created through practice, determination, and dedication. Palomar Health, champions of healthcare, champions for you. Jonathan, enjoy week three, and we'll do it again next week, all right? Can't wait. Thank you. Uh, all right. For Jonathan Rifkin, my name is John Schaefer. You've been watching another episode of Left Coast Sports.